Hey, and welcome to the What on Earth Can We Do podcast, the show where we chat with environmental leaders from across Alberta to figure out what on earth we can do to take action against climate change and protect our environment. I'm your host, Bree, the Communications and Engagement Specialist at the Alberta Emerald Foundation. And today we're chatting with Lori Koble from ABCRC about what happens to your beverage containers after you take them to the bottle depot. Let's get into it. Hi, Lori. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're really excited to chat about beverage containers and the circular economy today. So before we dive into our topic-specific questions, can you tell me a little bit about Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation? Yeah, so ABCRC, we, we use an acronym because it is a bit of a mouthful. Um, so essentially, so we're the stewardship agent for beverage manufacturers in Alberta, and we collect, process, and transport beverage containers to ensure they're recycled in a responsible manner. So that's the that's the really formal way of saying it. But really what we do is make sure that all the containers, uh, as a consumer, you take your container to an Alberta depot, and it comes to ABCRC, and then we ensure that that container makes its way to a responsible end market to be recycled. Awesome. And what is, what's your role with ABCRC? Yeah. So thanks again. Yeah. So my name is Lori, like you said, I'm ABCRC's director of sustainability communications. Um, I've been here about eight years or so, and I feel like I'm really one of those fortunate folks who gets to align my profession with my personal passion for the environment. So I feel very fortunate in the role that I'm in um, because sustainability is really a focus of ABCRC in our operations and it drives our daily business activities. So um, yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of my role here, and uh, and we're just continually focusing on that driving the circular economy and where where beverage containers are going and how we can ensure that we get as many as we can back. So, with with that being said, can you briefly walk me through how the beverage container recycling system works in Alberta? Definitely. So I alluded to it a little bit before. So as a, as a consumer, you uh, you go to a retail location, you purchase a beverage. On that beverage, you're going to pay a deposit and a small uh, CRF. It's called a container recycling fee, and those fees are gone or go toward the to make, ensure that the container is recycled. Once you're finished that beverage, uh, you take it to one of the over 220 Alberta depots in the province. And there's the way you can get your, your deposit back. So for containers that are uh, one liter and less, you get 10 cents. For anything over that, you get 25 cents back. Uh, so the, from there, the depot will ship it to ABCRC. I, we'll send trucks to go pick it up and the depot will ship it to us. Uh, and it comes into our facilities here at ABCRC and where we process them by container type into great big bales. Picture kind of a hay bale, but it's now it's aluminum cans. It's huge and heavy. Um, and then we ship those out to the commodity markets to ensure that they're recycled. So in an aluminum cam example, it will go down to an aluminum smelter uh, so that they're turned back into aluminum cans. And that's kind of the circularity of it there. Um, that's a really great example of it. And that's uh, that's kind of the very high level version of how it works. <laughs> that's awesome. It's it's good. It's um it's interesting to know the process that goes behind it, because when you drop off your your bottles, you're like that that's it. That's, you know, I'll let them deal with it. You don't really think about sometimes what goes on behind the scenes. So that's, that's interesting to know. Yeah, absolutely. It's that behind the scenes, once it leaves the depot, what happens? And there's a lot that goes on. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to dig into more of the details about what happens, you know, when they get recycled and what they yeah. get turned into, what, which we'll be talking about in a little bit here. Um, but talking about beverage container recycling um, as a whole in Alberta, how many beverage containers were recycled by Albertans in 2021? 
So it's a lot. <laughs> um, 2.1 billion beverage containers were brought through the system in Alberta in 2021. Um, and, and, then, and so that means that with 2.5 billion being sold and 2.1 of them coming back, there was still 400 million containers out there that we still wow. need to buy. So really, really, really huge, huge numbers. That means we have about an 85% return rate somewhere around in there. It means how many containers were sold, that's how many come back. Um, and it's one of the highest in not only in Canada, but in North America. Um, so Alberta does a really, really good job of beverage container recycling. Wow, that's fantastic. I didn't yeah. know that we were one of the best in, yeah. you know, in North America. That's that's really great to hear. Any insight into into why that is? I, I'm curious myself. I think it's a baked in culture. We've been doing it for a really, really long time. I think it's been 50 plus years that um, the system has been here. It's one of, you know, the original deposit return systems in Canada. Um, it, and it's kind of, yeah, like I've said, it's baked into the culture. Albertans know that they pay a deposit on containers and take it back to the depot and, and they get their deposit back and ensure that uh, they're recycled responsibly and stay out of our environment. You know, Albertans are inherently very, very proud of our province. It's beautiful. And so I think, uh, you know, by doing these little pieces, like taking beverage containers back, then, you know, we're all doing our part to keep it beautiful. I think you might have alluded to it a little bit, but what positive environmental impact does taking your bottles back to the depot have? Yeah, so it so first of all, by by collecting them in a sink in streams, just beverage containers, it keeps it really clean and it makes sure the material at the end of the cycle um, is highly valuable. So it takes those beverage containers from waste to a resource is how I like to kind of talk about it. Um, so they don't end up as waste. They don't end up at our landfills. They don't end up in ditches. They're not, you know, creating greenhouse gases as they're breaking down in, in landfills. And so it's really a very um, a streamlined process, like I say, to get the container at, from sitting as waste. And now we're using it as a resource, putting it back into the supply chain so that it can be reused again. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. I, I think that, you know, knowing that we have, 2.5 million beverage containers that are sold, 400,000 of those are getting, you know, lost along the way, perhaps ending up in landfills and, you know, eventually emitting greenhouse gases. I think that that really speaks to the importance of bringing in those bottles because yeah. we're already doing so fantastic at it. And if we can just capture those other 400,000, then we will essentially have no greenhouse gases coming from bottles in the landfill. Yeah, and so here to blow your mind, it's four hundred million, right? Because it's two point five million. Oh my million, gosh, four hundred million. million! Yeah, math was not my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, four hundred million containers, right? Um, wow. Okay, still... that makes it even, even, even crazier. Okay. Yeah. And so we do a lot of focus on kind of low performing containers, we call them, um, and we can get into that maybe even a little bit later too, like you say. But so. Some of those are the container types that Albertans may not know are in our system. A lot of them know about aluminum cans, about plastic bottles and milk jugs, but there's some of the, the lower performers like Tetra packs and pouches um, that we don't that we don't see these come back as much. Bag in a box where you would get a, a wine box with uh, the spout on the front of it. We, we see those as really, really low return rates. And so part of what we're going to do coming up here in the next year um, is really try to find where those containers are and try to help consumers understand all the different types of containers that they can bring back to the system so we get those ones back too. Absolutely. And I think that speaking of those Tetra packs and, and things like that, that people, you know, maybe they don't end up in the recycling process. Even thinking of myself, sometimes when you have a, an item and you look at it, you're like, uh, I don't know what to do with this. Is it recyclable? Is it not? Is there any 
tools. I know in, in Edmonton and I think in Calgary, there are waste wise tools. Um, is that a tool that can help determine where an item could go or are there other tools available? Yeah, I think depending on your municipality in Alberta, you can you can check. I know we're here where I am in the city of Calgary. They've got something similar that the, the municipality up in Edmonton does. Um, and, but we've also got some stuff on our, our albertadepot.ca website. Um, so if you're really unsure, you can go there and you can check it out. And there is also a portal that you can check the UPC code of the container to ensure if it's in the system and if you've paid a deposit. Um, another really easy way is to just check your receipts and to see if you paid a deposit and if so, and then you know it's in the system. Um, so yeah, yeah, those are kind of tips and tricks on knowing what is in the system and what is not. Awesome. So we've chatted about the recycling process. We've kind of talked about how many are getting recycled and how many are getting lost. 400 million, not 400,000. So what happens to a beverage container after they're recycled? Can you give examples of perhaps what each container is turned into in its sure. new life? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and it's kind of dependent on the, the material type. So I'll start with the easiest and the coolest one, I think it's the aluminum can. Um, they can be recycled infinitely back into aluminum cans. And so uh, I think the number is about, it's about eight weeks where, but so you consume the beverage, you take it to the depot, we, it gets processed by BCRC, we send it to a smelter to be smelted down, it gets turned into can sheet, goes to the can, makers <laughs> and then uh it's back on the shelves in about eight weeks so and that can just continually happen just around and around and around so that's circular that's how wow. that's a closed loop recycling it's called um there's very little waste and it's just uh, a great way to continue keeping all of those cans as a resource rather than waste mm-hmm. a plastic bottle uh same thing for clear plastic bottles like a typical plastic water bottle um, it's a kind of a different process. It goes to be shredded down into um, some flakes and then it gets turned into uh, a product that can then again be turned back into more food grade beverage containers. Um, some of the other different types, like some colored plastics, those can be turned into other items. Um, so say like a plastic lawn chair or a park bench. Um, some of the other paperboard type items we've got. So there's like your milk cartons that have a gable top at the top, looks like a house um, or the, the paperboard from the Tetra. Uh, those can be turned into other paper products. So, you know, paper towels or uh, egg cartons, um, all sorts of other different items. Uh, and yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head what some of the other ones are, but those are kind of the, the big main ones. And, and what we really strive for at ABCRC is that bottle for bottle. Um, you, that's the highest order of recycling, if you'd want to look at it that way, is that we try to ensure that that container type gets turned back into another beverage container. And so we were, we were just continuing that circular system. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting to hear. Number one, that aluminum can be infinitely recycled. That's such a fantastic example of the circular economy Mm. and how we can utilize things that have already been manufactured and continue to keep them in that system. And then hearing how plastic, you know, when people think of plastic, I think sometimes they think bad, you know, plastic equals bad, but hearing the way you're describing how plastics can be repurposed into other items. And then that bottle for bottle piece it doesn't sound like like plastic is this bad, big, bad thing that we keep thinking about. It's true. <laughs> um, it's actually incredibly uh, useful, depending on the plastic type. There's You could get into the chemistry of it. I'm by no means a chemical expert because uh, there's all different types of plastics and numbers. But the, the type that plastic beverage containers are made out of um, are very highly valuable and again, can go right back into the system. And as manufacturers are looking to put more um, recyclable material in their products and, and create their containers from more recyclable material. This is a perfect example of how they can continue to do that circular um, cycle with beverage containers. 
Um, there's a lot of uh, organizations out there that are working on this too. There's one that ABCRC is a part of. We work with the Canada Plastics Pact who are working um, you know, to, to kind of drive that plastic circular economy in Canada and what that looks like. And so that's some really exciting work um, that's happening and how we're going to see that plastics turn from you know, the, the the narrative right now is you're right, it's bad, right? It's mm -hmm. this awful, terrible thing, but there are, you know, uses um, and, and for it and we can keep it in the supply chain. And, and that's really what we want to do. That's what we want to strive for. And Canada's a leader in this, really. Um, if you look at some of the, even the, into the States or some of the other countries, um, we're definitely leading in that space. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of already, you know, talked about my next question, but maybe we can expand on it and touch on some other areas that we haven't talked about. How can beverage containers play a role in the circular economy? Yeah, I, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is that back to from the, the waste to resource. So they play a role in the circular economy by not requiring more um, raw materials to be extracted from and, and then therefore contributing to all sorts of things like GHGs and um, and, and negative environmental impacts. Um, and so that's really how they fit into that. If you look at, it's an actual circle. There's lots of images out there. If you Google them and, and if you take a look, um, it, you know, you could sit at the supply chain piece and, and follow your way all around that if we don't need to extract those raw materials to produce these types of things and, and we keep them in our system as a resource, um, it, it's just, you know, makes sense. <laughs> it's just yeah. common, lo common logic. So when we're talking about maybe like colored plastics, for example, and that if it doesn't get turned into a bottle, another bottle for bottle, it gets turned into maybe like a lawn chair, like you were saying, is that lawn chair then able to be recycled or is that, is that kind of like a, a linear economy there instead of a circular economy? That one we'd call more open loop recycling. So undetermined end use. So another example when we got talking about the containers is um, glass. So we, there's also glass bottles in the system. And so we send them actually locally here just um, in Alberta and they get crushed into um, a cullet it's called and then they get used for fiberglass housing for, um, for your house. So that's open loop recycling where um, you know the end of that recycling is somewhat unknown, you know, is fiberglass recyclable? I, I'm not even sure, to be honest. But, um, so something like a park bench, it would, it would also depend on um, sometimes how many materials are involved in a particular piece of a particular item. So something else, you know, you see beverage containers or something really, really flashy that's got different types of materials on it. That actually makes it more difficult to recycle because it's got different, different material types all included with it. Um, in Alberta, luckily, where you can keep the caps on, so um, you can and we ensure that all that we encourage folks to keep their caps on so that we can recycle those as well. Um, but they're a different type of plastic than the rest of the other plastic of the bottle. So I, again, back into my conversation that I said before, there's a, lots of different types of plastics and there's lots of experts out there that could talk about that. But um, yeah, so it, it's a really, it's that like going back to the beginning, like I say, it's either the closed loop or the open loop recycling that, mm -hmm. um, that most items categorize and fall into. And it sounds like with an open loop system, even if it, even if there isn't a determinable recycling option after that, it sounds like those items have a lot, have a longevity to them. You know, you're talking about a park bench, maybe your bottle gets turned into a park bench and that doesn't have to be, you know, that has a really long lifespan of, I don't know how long park benches last, but let's say, you know, 20, 30 years. And so instead of going into the landfill, um, or being turned into something that might have a shorter lifespan, it's out there for a lot longer and, right. you know, reducing, reducing that uh, probability that it could end up in a landfill. 
Yeah, reducing the need, like I say, to extract those raw materials in order to make that product, right? Same thing with the, with the home insulation. I mean, most homes are, the, I don't, I can't recall ever changing the insulation in my home. <laughs> you know, I think they I think it stays in there for quite some time. And then there's other industry that I know the construction industry is working on their end markets and how they can find ways to recycle materials and on demolition. And so it's kind of this collaborative effort across industries, across, you know, corporations to what's the best thing we can do with this, right? Like it was, and how I, I kind of alluded to the, um, you know, the, the highest order of recycling, like what's the best, what's the best thing that we can do with this item given our current uh, landscape? And so that's what we're, uh, what part of my job is to continually think of, of uh, some of the, the best ways to do, the most innovative ways to do that. Sometimes logistics can come into to play too. So you, you might be able to find, um, for instance, a glass recycler who will turn it back into a bottle, but now we're shipping really, really heavy glass containers are really far away. And does that make sense to ship them really, really far in a transport truck, probably, um, in order to turn them back into a bottle? And so there's a lot of that um, when you need to think through the sort of the sustainability and the, the end of life um, for these types of materials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting to think about, you know, the different things that go into like shipping an item, you know, maybe it sounds good to turn a glass bottle into a glass bottle, but hearing you say that, you know, it, that's not where it ends. It has to get to its, to its location. And there's greenhouse gases associated with that. So like you said, what is the best option? And yeah. I think that that's something I've never really thought about before. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's quite fascinating when you really dive into the the whole waste and recycling industry. It's, there's a lot of that that, that goes into that. It's the it's a lot of stuff. And I think consumers really, it's, you know, you hear about this wish cycling, you put it in there and then you just hope everything works out and then it gets recycled. But there's a lot that goes into behind the scenes of folks that are in the industry and, and uh, determining, you know, the best way to, to deal with these types of materials. Mm -hmm. If you had any advice for, you know, the average Albertan who we, we all consume beverage containers, but if you had any advice for them on, you know, I don't know if it would be like making the recycling process easy, but if you wanted to say something to them to help them drive home the importance of beverage container recycling and why they should do it, what would you say? Uh, definitely take it to the depot <laughs> or donate it. There's lots of charities out there that run bottle drives. I'm sure folks, you know, some, if you live in Alberta, you've, you've heard of a bottle drive. Um, so yeah, get, get it back into the system because like I say, it keeps it really clean. It keeps it a great stream and it makes sure that those containers are now um, being used as a resource. And so it's really important that we, we see that uh, container get back into the system because it's, it's incredibly valuable. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on, Laurie, that we that we didn't chat about? This has been such a fantastic, seamless interview, and and, and I can't think of any additional questions I might have. But anything that you want to touch on? Do a little bit of your research. We've got all kinds of stuff up on our websites and, and our social media, um, and you know, and if you have a question, just kind of ask. It's probably out there. Um, but yeah, the, I think that would be my advice: is really just do your research on different products that you're buying and different manufacturers. Um, and what happens to that product, right? Yeah, absolutely. ABCRC has some fantastic facts, FAQs on their website. So does Alberta Depot. So, you know, before this interview, I, like I was saying, I was going and reading a bunch of things and I learned so much. So I really encourage listeners to go and check those out because you'll discover some things that you never knew. Well, maybe yeah. you did, but. <laughs> yeah, well, Lori, thank you so much for joining me to chat about this. It's been really insightful and I hope that we can inspire uh, listeners to continue to recycle their beverage containers and help us re get those 400 million into the into the depots 
thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you'd like to learn more, check out the resources in the show notes. In our next and final episode of the season, we'll be joined by Patty Milligan from the Edmonton Urban Farm to chat about how to start your own backyard garden. Make sure to click the follow button to get notified when we post the episode. The What on Earth Can We Do podcast is a program of the Alberta Emerald Foundation, a nonprofit charity that showcases, inspires, and empowers Alberta's environmental achievements. To learn more about the Alberta Emerald Foundation, head to our website, emeraldfoundation.ca, or follow us on social media at Alberta Emerald. A big thank you to our sponsors, the City of Edmonton, the Government of Alberta, Syncrude operated by Suncor, Alberta Beverage Container Recycling Corporation and Beverage Container Management Board, Capital Power, the City of Calgary, Dow Canada, and the Alberta Forest Products Association. 